Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And welcome back to the show. We are joined once again by Attain Leadership. Yes, Dr. Fred Petito joining us here again today. We're going to uh, do a little recap of last week to make you a little familiar, but today's topic is Executives Transitions Part 2. So welcome back today, Fred, for those new timers out there saying, who's this guy, Fred? Tell us a little bit about what you do at Attain Leadership, please. Thanks so much. Uh, Yeah, I'm uh, Fred Petito. I am... um, an executive coach and leadership development specialist, and I work with executives in a variety of different situations. Um, you know, today we're going to talk about transitions. I also, you know, work with executives uh, at developing their leadership skills, or uh, you know, uh, they can be senior leaders, they may be emerging leaders. So it's different strategies for different levels of executives. And uh, mm-hmm. but today's topic is, um, like you said, it's executive transitions part two. Uh, and you know, last week we spoke about um, part one, which was which was about um, kind of career transitions um, at, at, that are similar to life transitions, right? So we yep. talked about how to approach them, the phases people may go through, different um, kind of life slash uh, career change uh, methodology or frameworks out there. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big kind of life change that we talked about last week. This week we're going to talk about something a little bit more. Um, I guess, uh, practical in nature. And this is where you have an executive uh, who is in maybe one of three different situations that can be very challenging. These are transitional situations. Um, You know, one is where they've been promoted into a new role uh, with more responsibilities, higher expectations. And I think more importantly, um, um, different skill sets are required, right? Mm -hmm. So um, if you were a, uh, a sales head of sales or head of marketing or head of finance, and now you're in a more of a general manager role, you have responsibility for multiple functions, it's a whole different kind of ball game. The second situation, um, this is even probably higher stakes. It's where an executive is an external hire into a new role in a new organization. A uh, whole host of problems can come up there. And then three, uh, this is where an executive is in an organization going through is some type of disruptive change, a reorganization, a restructuring, uh, pre-post merger, merger situation. So these are also high stakes. So those those are kind of um, so that that's our transitions part two topic, if you will. Perfect. All right. Well, let's talk about the title. Obviously, it's Executive Transitions Part Two, um, and and we go over from last week. Could you just share just some of the important highlights with us before we continue? And uh, you know, for example, uh, what would you say first and foremost was the overall um, message from last week that's going to bring us into transition part number two? Yeah, I think so. Last week was again about. Career transitions that are akin to life transitions. So um, I think the big the big uh, takeaway there is that you know people go through um, a, a process. It's almost like the grieving process when you, when you have a big transition, yep. right? You might be uh, first starting with a uh, a period of frustration or disappointment, uh, or even maybe elation that you're you're starting a new uh, a, a new change, if you will, but. Um, you know, oftentimes people find that uh, where they need to go and how they need to get there are not are not clear initially. So that's the whole um, that kind of life slash career transition uh, approach we talked about last week, where it's really about starting with 
um, kind of your values and, and mm-hmm. what you uh, find most important in life. And then translating that into uh, something that's a little bit more tangible, like a vision. Okay, I understand this is what I value in life. My vision is this. Yeah. This is what I want to do that's aligned with that vision. And then visions are great. Uh, but if you know you you have that north star, that's that's. But if you don't have a plan to get there, uh, you're never going to achieve it, right? So uh, that's that's kind of the third leg of the stool is okay. What's the plan? What's the action plan? How are you going to be accountable? How are you going to um, get to that uh, vision that you've uh, okay. uh, have developed? So that was the uh, the general summary of of last week. Perfect. All right. So let's talk about uh, today now, of course, what's so important about this topic and what are some of the biggest challenges would you say executives have some transitioning into a new role? Yeah, absolutely. So so th- this this is an important topic. Uh, you know, I think I was McKinsey did a study a few years back uh, and a, a few different really credible sources have, have estimated that about four in 10 or 40 percent of executives entering a new role fail within two years, right? There's just okay. a lot of failure. That's, that's, you know, that's a lot of people. Uh, and, you know, more than half of C-level executives um, leave their positions under pressure. So the more senior you get, the higher the stakes. And the sad part about this data, these statistics, is that um, it's only really a small percentage of these executives fail to a lack of skills, mm-hmm. right? They, they uh, most often What's happening is they jump into these new roles or approach a transition without really understanding what's going on around them, the organization, the strategy, its culture, the key stakeholders, things like that. So these are some things that um, are easy to remedy. But if you don't kind of have them on your radar, um, you know, you you can run into trouble. And, you know, the kind of trouble we're talking about or, or challenges, if you will, for transition executives, the first is is, is uh, assimilating into a new organization, right? Okay. Or, or, or adopting new ways of working. So uh, the cultural piece is huge. You, can't, you really can't underestimate how important uh, a factor that is. So, you know, different organizations have different cultures. Okay. You know, you may be coming from a purpose uh, and very egalitarian type environment uh, where it's very nurturing, for example, and now you're in a very hierarchical and results driven you know, that's a, that's a tough cultural transition. So if you're not aware of, of that dynamic, you know, it, it's going to be hard. Um, you know, the, another thing is a lot of onboarding is not good. You know, um, um, you get called these onboarding traps, you know, it might be a misleading job description or, or little or no onboarding uh, or poorly defined goals and expectations, which is very common. Um, and then, you know, the, the third third piece here is that if you're a new executive in a new role or new organization, you really need to figure out a way to generate value quickly. So um, you need to be clear on that with your supervisor. You need to be clear on what success metrics are. Uh, and you need to have a pathway to having some at least some quick wins to talk about. Got it. So do you want to share some more about, um, you know, how you work with executives in these situations? And my computer's stuck, so I can't even scroll down more. But you could tell us. <laughs> oh, no. Sure, yeah. yeah I mean, I think um, – I think there there are there are definitely um, there's some some great resources out mm-hmm. there um, that um, you know the the transition process is, is pretty uh, I think it's, it's pretty pretty clear what you need to do right I mean the way I like to do it in working with executives is um, you know there's three pieces first you diagnose the onboarding challenge right mm-hmm. uh, then you you kind of set some goals establish a plan and then and then implement that plan right and optimize it and no plan is perfect so. Um, but you really need to understand like what's going on on the ground. Yep. 
Um, and um, so the first thing is that I, when I say diagnose the onboarding challenge, um, you know, there may be some great opportunities there. I don't want to frame it as all negative. Um, but um, what is the, what are the challenges and opportunities? And I like to look at two lenses. One is the external lens, like that's in the environment, your, your, your organizational mm -hmm. structure, if you will, uh, an environment, like what's the situation, yeah. right? Uh, and, and the second one is more about yourself. Okay. Uh, what's your, what are your strengths? What's your leadership style? So, you know, when you're looking at what I call situational awareness, really what you want to do as quickly as possible is figure out a way to reduce your learning curve. So you have a, a solid foundation to achieve success. So again, if you're entering a new organization, there's so many aspects of, you know, the culture, the people, the relationships, the relationship dynamics, uh, you know, the, the ways of working, the, you know, the, the, the software systems, all these things. Um, so there's a steep learning curve. Uh, and then there's the values piece. Like what, what, what are they, what do they value as an organization? What is their culture? Uh, and, and then, you know, you need to figure out once you have that kind of sense of what's happening, you need to determine how you could best proceed to success right so that's when you start looking internally right you need to you need to really um spend some time on self-reflection here working with a coach you can identify your strengths mm -hmm. uh your the leadership style uh and you know one of the things that um i find is most powerful for executives when they're in these types of situations is leaning into those strengths right so they want to get in what i call the strength zone right so okay. you you are able to um kind of work through this ambiguous difficult situation by by unlocking kind of your, your your unique skills um so that yeah i mean there's a lot of blind spots a lot a lot of areas where things can go sideways so um, i think leaning on strengths are really important um you know so once we kind of get through that first diagnosing what's going on right that situational awareness and that then that uh, self-assessment if you will then you want to start setting some goals right and have a plan um you know i've done a lot of research on goals um you know and, and goals are, are are very powerful things right because they, they they guide your focus uh they prioritize your 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 efforts they trigger um you know new behaviors you know goals really get you uh, kind of on a path of momentum so you need to have like if you have a a window of time 100 days or or, or six months or, or you know if you have a say i want to hit these goals within you know three six months nine months that's really really could be very powerful uh if you hold yourself accountable that's where a coach can be very effective is helping you to clarify those goals yeah making sure they're measurable um and then um, holding you accountable, right? Mm -hmm. Helping you to um, make sure you achieve them. And where you can't, maybe it's like about where you need to go to find support. Yeah. So, so goals cannot be underestimated. There's there's such an important part of uh, of success. Um, and you know, once you have a goal, um, you need a plan, right? So, so I like to work with execs on, um, you know, like like you just can't just wade into this, uh, you know, the, the problem with, with executives in transition, especially when you're starting a new job, is you may have all these great um, ideas about this is what I'm going to do. This is my plan. This is how I'm going to execute on it. Uh, and, and the first, you know, 72 hours, you're swamped with onboarding, materials to review, people to meet, internal meetings, external, whatever. You, you never have the time 
to catch your breath mm -hmm. to do the things you said you were going to do. So that's yeah. where a coach can be very effective in helping an exec. And um, I, I'm a big believer in having a plan. And I like to look at six different kind of areas where, where a plan can help. It's like, what's your learning agenda? You know, for those first three or six or nine months, like what do you need to learn about that organization, about the role, about the competitors, about the strategic environment, right, et cetera. Um, and then like, what's your brand gonna be, right? What, what, who are you gonna be? How are you gonna show up uh, in a way that's authentic, uh, but also, you know, gonna, gonna work in this new culture you're in. Um, and then there's that assimilation piece, right? Like how are, you know, how are you going to make that brand mm -hmm. um, work in this environment? Uh, up, up, uh, the fourth piece is really is is tremendous is kind of a stakeholder plan like okay. who are your stakeholders you know organizations are funny things because um they're 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 they're, they're little social dynamics right and and there's a whole kind of cult that culture that's what it is it's a social dynamic and so if you kind of know who your key obviously your supervisor your boss or their boss if you're a c, a c level it's the board of directors it's the ceo um, but you know, wh wh who are they? What do they find important? How do you engage them? And how do you um, uh, present yourself in a way that uh, is going to make you uh, successful? I, another another key thing is um, who are your like your horizontal and and, and um, um, uh, relationships you need to work on because you need supportive relationships to get stuff done. Yeah, uh, you know, you can't be an island. And then who's on your team? How, do you, how are you, what kind of relationships are you having with your team? So these things really are important to understand uh, and um, they help you kind of identify those quick wins to get established early credibility. So it, 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 there's a lot of aspects to it. And uh, this is why 40% you know, of, uh, of uh, execs new to role as part of that McKinsey study you know, don't, don't thrive because you know, they, may have, they may be the best financial you know uh corporate finance person or the best you know cio out there but if you're not dealing with all these other dimensions these these kind of emotional social inter interactional dimensions um it's going to be difficult got it and remind us uh fred how we can reach out to you yeah so it's uh, uh fred at attainleadership.com is my email our website is attainleadership.com uh, best way also on social is on LinkedIn, uh, Fred Petito, um, um, LinkedIn and, um, yeah, so, so, um, there, you know, once you, once you have that, you know, you kind of have some goals, you have a plan, you, you know, you, you kind of get a feel for what's going on in the, in the organization and, you know, the timelines here, you know, there's books, great books out there, like the 90 days first 90 days or the first 100 days or, you know, I, I think um, the way I like to work is I think 190 days is, is, is not, you know, the, the president has to, to report to Congress first 100 days of the new job. <laughs> it's probably where that came from. Um, and I think that's legit for sure. And, and, and we certainly want to know what's happening in those first 100 days. But I don't think um, 100 days is a realistic timeline. I think there's, there, there, you could do a 100 day sprint, like say, okay, this is my first kind of <clears throat> first stage of transition but i think you know your your time horizon needs to be more you know six nine twelve months right you're still new 
Um, but by that end of that nine, 12 month period, you need to be really, really firmly immersed in that, in that role and in that organization. Um, so one of the things we do, uh, you know, we implement that plan is really the first, you know, we talked about learning agendas, we talked about, um, you know, defining your brand, but I think the, the, the external, um, or the observational, uh, kind of aspect of this is you need, um, and, and, and early win, right? You need um, to uh, get that early momentum. So you wanna climb that learning curve. You wanna learn as quickly as possible. You wanna um, identify those opportunities for early wins. Um, and that's not always easy, right? Because you may enter an organization where the role that you're stepping into um, may be new, or maybe it's, it's the, the vision for the role as as has been developed by the by the organization is isn't isn't um really isn't right right doesn't really work so there's a lot of things that um um can can go wrong with with the role but if you can figure out like what's it what is what does success look like um and and what does a win look like and i think the most important stakeholder here is is your supervisor or boss or whomever the c c level or the board what do they deem success would look like and um you know everybody has their own perspective i know google does this interesting thing uh, they have this uh the google mark uh, marketing uh has an interesting um research piece of research they did about two years ago they spoke to hundreds of board directors at big companies uh this happened to be with marketers but it could be with anybody it could be technology it could be you know cfo and 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 they asked them what they look for in a chief marketing officer. And when you read the, the um, what, what the verbatims from this research, um, you know, it's kind of weird stuff that, you know, a lot of marketers wouldn't really think about, you know, it, it, it's about, you know, talk to me, well, they should be thinking about this, but talk to me about, or make me understand how what you're doing is, is going to impact our share price. Talk to me about how this is going to, you know, ladder up to this this corporate value, um, or this, you know, and, and so they're they're a little bit more abstract than um, than a chief marketing officer who may come in saying, my job is to, you know, acquire customers at a at a, at a cost efficient rate, or or deliver an amazing customer experience so we reduce churn by 30 percent whatever and those are really important things and they do impact sales price and they do impact you know uh, uh broader strategic imperatives but they may not be thinking in that frame of reference so it's understanding the frame of reference of your key stakeholders like talk talk to your boss talk to your boss's boss talk to your board like what makes me what will make me successful in your eyes and i think this bring removing the ambiguity from that because i hate to say it um, despite the best efforts of a lot of organizations and HR departments, they write these job descriptions many times. Um, they write the, the key performance indicators and, and and they mean well, um, but the reality on the ground oftenly, often is not what's in that job description. So you need to kind of, you need to kind of, kind of wrestle that to the ground. So I think that's really important. Um, so, you know, the last thing we do is if we're in a coaching um, about engaging with a, with a client, is um like okay after you know first 100 day sprint or 90 day sprint like let's assess what's working right many times at the beginning of a of a, of a new role or a new transitional period 
you're going to make a bunch of assumptions. You're going to make a bunch of uh, uh, uneducated guesses, if you're educated guesses, right? And um, once you're in about three months, it's a good time to say, okay, what's working? What's not working? Um, and um, you know that that's that that's where you know great night three hundred and sixty degree feedback um, is. It could be a really powerful way to uh, remove any you know make sure you people are perceiving you the way you want to be perceived. Um, another thing I see with a lot of executives is that you know especially by the time you're mid career, uh, you know behavior change is difficult. It's difficult for everyone, right? So you may bring legacy mindsets, um, legacy behaviors um, that might be holding you back in this new role. So that's where a coach uh, with those feedback tools, with that 360, whatever, can can say, hey, you know, you may have been really successful in, in, in prior roles doing this, but this isn't working here. We need to figure out a way to change direction. So those types of things could be around communication or, or, or how you express yourself. Um, it might be how they manage self-manage. Right. Uh, and, um, so yeah, those are the types of things we work, work at. And I think, I think the takeaway for executive, anybody who's in transition, listening to this or starting a new job or in a, in a, in a company going through a change management program is that, um, you know, you don't have to do this alone, right? You know, you you don't have to suffer in silence. You need to figure out a way to build support systems, whether it's through folks on your team, um, your colleagues. Um, you know, uh, being you know being transparent and, and and authentic with with your boss about where the challenges lie. So I think conversing and dialogue are, are really important. Uh, but this is a super important area, especially for executive coaching, because um, this is where uh, most executives, most people really feel the need for support and help. And, and, um, it, and that, that is a good time to reach out and, and, you know, see if your organization has a executive coaching program or, um, you know, reach out to, you know, us or whomever you want to work with. But, um, you know, obviously a very high stakes area for a lot of execs. And, uh, as I said, the data, unfortunately, is not great. 40 to 50%, um, don't, don't thrive in that first two-year period and uh, usually you're doing something else two years later. Interesting. Now, you've been doing this for how long? Just a little bit of your background uh, to let people know what you at Attain Leadership can do for them and their business. Yeah, so I, I have uh, nearly well, almost 25 years of, of experience uh, in you know C-level marketing roles at, at big marketing services agencies and some and startup as well. So I've, I've you know, built... Um, you know, kind of uh, teams from scratch. These are these are multi-discipline uh, marketing teams. Uh, uh, I've led you know big groups. Uh, uh, you know, uh, multi-discipline. You know, marketing teams at big agencies. I built teams from scratch, and you know, I've I've I've, I've um, enjoyed that immensely. Uh, I've been coaching now for about two years, and um, have uh, worked, but for you know decades, I've worked with. Uh, uh, many executives um, in kind of uh, coaching situations, uh, and you know it's kind of my my natural style is more more coach versus uh, you know command and control, if you will. And um, you know I, I think coaching is a very effective strategy in many situations, and this is especially one of them. 
um, and it's because of the just the sheer number of blind spots that um, executives are confronted with when they're in it, when, it, when they're in a transitional period, and, and that's because you're in a transitional period. There's so many things you don't know, right? You don't know, like especially if you're entering a new organization, or if you're in a, um, uh, a, a you know a, a reorg situation. Who are the new players? Who are the new bosses? Who you know? What's the what's their expectations? How do they differ from where I've been? Um, you know, culture issues, ways of working issues. Um, they're it's endless. So I think that the more intentional you could be, and the more a little bit more systematic you could be in thinking about, uh, hey, what's what's going on here? What's going on uh, around me? Situational awareness, and how do I kind of show up in a way that's going to make me as successful as I could be? And that's that, that's yeah. that self-awareness piece. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's a, uh, no. it, it's a. I think it's a very, very important area for uh, for coaches and and uh, to be uh, engaged. All right, and how do we reach you? Yeah, uh, so it's attainleadership.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred at attain leadership. Perfect. Uh, attainleadership.com, and then uh, Fred Petito on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, for joining us. And next week, we'll be back. Yes or no? Do we know? Yeah, absolutely. All we'll, right. I'll see you next week. All right, good. Sounds I think, good. Uh, I, think the, I think the topic may be, uh, oh, I can't remember, but you'll, we'll, we'll that's we'll okay. Always, that's it's okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Freddie. You're always very organized. I'm sure it's going to be a great show. As always, have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. This is you over 30 years ago. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And this is your mom when you drive her back from therapy. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Roles change without us noticing. And in your new role, we help you help. AARP gives you the information to help care for your mom so that you can have patience with her just like she did with you. Visit aarp.org caregiving or call one 877 333-5885 to get practical health and wellness tips to provide even better care for your loved one. Are we there yet? Remember, visit aarp.org caregiving. AARP, we help you help. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.